It happened once again I'll turn to a friend Someone that understands Sees through the master plan But everybody's gone And I've been here for too long The face is on my own Well I guess this is growing up Bah! This is growing up. Yeah. Because this is... American Brews... And Tunes. How? Here's a theme song. You know it's not a mean song. It's a good song. Just as it should song. American Brews and Tunes. Shibbity-beeby-dow! Wow! Welcome back to another fun episode of American Brews and Tunes. My name is Stephen Johnston. And my name is Jesse Titus. This is our first episode of 2019. Woohoo! Should all acquaintance be forgot and that as fast as I don't know any of the words to that. Does it? I don't remember them either. Kindness in for all lang syne. Something like that. We don't know. Yep. We don't know anything. Or do we? <laughs> Uh, but anyways, it's nice to be back. <laughs> New is. year. It's been, it's been a long time. Yeah, we, our last episode was that fun Christmas episode, and we had yes. we took a little break for Christmas and New Year's and yep. all that fun stuff in between. Each of us went home to spend times with our respective families. Yeah, Jesse went to Minnesota. Minnesota. And I went to Pennsylvania. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was raining there, right? Uh, it only rained on New Year's, I think, but it rained everywhere New okay. Year's. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. That's okay. Did you visit any breweries while you were home? I wish I did, but alas, I did not. I went to a brewery in Minnesota in St. Paul called Bad Weather Brewing. What'd you and have there? Anything good? good? Yeah, they had like a, I think it was like a dark IPA. It was very interesting and tasty. I could also be wrong about that, but I know I had one beer there that <laughs> was pretty good. Well, I mean, it sounds like a, like a, like a black IPA kind of thing, like a... Uh... Cascade, a maltier, Cascadian Cascade, yeah. ale, Cascade ale, is it, is it Cascadian? Something like that. Something like that. Cascadian? I can't remember what it is either. Either way. But it was good though. Yeah, I had a good Christmas. It was nice to go back to Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. enjoy some not work. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that was the best part. Yeah. I was not having to work for a whole week. But now we're back and we're ready to bring you another regular episode. That means Yay-o. that Jesse and I have each listened to an album recommended by our respective co-host mm-hmm. um, for the past... It's been more than two weeks. It's been way uh, for more the past than two weeks. <laughs> several weeks, I have been listening to Oracular Spectacular by the band MGMT. Yep, and I've been listening to Career Suicide by A Wilhelm Scream. Very different bands, very different albums. What's The Wilhelm Scream again? Oh! Yes, yeah, actually, oh! that, that was pretty close to it, yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, it's, it's a soundbite. A very famous stock soundbite. I think it was from an, some movie way back in the day, but it's been used time and time again yeah. in countless films. Yeah. Watch anything by Spielberg or George Lucas. And, you'll and they it. always use that same scream. Yeah, it's very recognizable. Or I guess you could probably look up. Do you think we... If my rendition of that scream wasn't good enough, here's a soundbite of it. Let's hear that soundbite. That's what it is. That's the Wilhelm scream. I'm sure you've all heard it. And that's what the band took their name from. Yes. But before we get to reviewing those albums, let's talk about some brews. <laughs> shall we? We shall. Let's talk about them what and you... taste them. Yes, I think that's a great plan. What are you having this week, Jesse? I'm having a beer by Gar's Beer Company. Do you think they're inspired by pirates? 
Gar uh, It kind of looks like there's like a, a so, uh, the there's like a fish in the shape of a G, or Gars. I wouldn't be surprised if they were Gars Beer Co. Um, it's called Citrus Pepper is the name of it, and it is a farmhouse ale. Um, I got this today because I was like, hmm, that sounds interesting. The idea of citrus and pepper. Uh, it says brewed by Straight to Ale, Huntsville, Alabama. For Gars Beer Co., Franklin, Tennessee. Yeah, so Gars is local, and Straight to Ale is not. So that's yeah, a collaboration. Yeah, that's a collaboration. Collaboration, I guess, yeah. yeah. So uh, the IBU is 32, mm-hmm. and it is 6.0% by volume, alcohol by volume. Curious. Or as the kids say, ABV. ABV, the kids. Yep. I'm having a beer by Grim Artisanal Ales. Uh, I'd never heard of them before, but they're from Brooklyn, New York. Hmm. And this beer is called Mango Guava Pop. Um, now, if you look at the glass, or I'm sorry, if you look at the bottle, it says Dessert Berliner Weiss Style Ale. Um, but on looking at Untapped, it's classified as a sour. Um, really? Untapped says this about the beer, the style guide, uh, which was given by the brewery. So I guess it's pretty accurate. Yeah. It says, this tropical sour beer is a creamsicle in a glass. Ooh, Wow. Um, mangoes, guavas, vanilla, and milk sugar are backed with a grapefruit-like acidity. So I'm curious nice. about this. I wasn't expecting sour, but I guess Berliner Weiss can yeah, be sour. I guess, I don't know. I feel like maybe the sweetness is going to be pretty pronounced, and then there might be a slight sourness. Could be. Perhaps. But that, that, uh, the milk sugars and the vanilla make me think it's going to be creamy yeah. in general. And I hope mine uh, is like, I hope the pepper is not lost. I don't think it will be, especially with the sty- that style of beer. I think it's peppery and, and herby is usually kind of a a characteristic of that. Spicy, I guess, is better yeah, word. Yeah, of the farmhouse. Yeah. yeah. So shall we crack these and, and see what they look like? Let's do it. Mm. Ooh, what a nice sound. I've actually had this beer for a couple months now. Really? Um, it was a birthday gift from Becca. Oh, wow. So she, I think she's like she gave this to me, and she's like, you can have this on the podcast. That's a good birthday gift. And in my mind, I was probably like, yeah, right. I'll just have this for myself. And now you're having it on the podcast. <laughs> probably. That's probably what happened. Let's be honest. Mine is extraordinarily foamy. And I poured it very yeah, gently. Yeah, it is. But it's looking, it's looking pretty cloudy, though. Um, and it's also really, like, bubbling. Yeah, it's it's very, it's very like going, bubbly. It's like going double the speed of my yeah. bubbles. But mine is, is hazy and cloudy, and it's really yeah. light-colored. Yeah, it looks really interesting. It looks like a real light, light-colored beer. It looks like... Um, I guess like guava juice or like mango juice or something. <laughs> I like guess, that. um, but it smells tart. Really, mine smells tart. I would say that we give these a uh, a clank and a try. Sounds like a plan. All right, as we always say in American Brews and Tunes. Oh, interesting. This is. I need to go in for a second try. Okay, before I describe. Mine is a. Uh, I'm not sure if I like mine. That's not a good sign. It's a. Uh, I like mine. It's there's a tartness there. And it's not that I don't like it. It's that it might just be. Normal. Like there's nothing. You mean it's not exemplary or it's not. Yeah. That's not a bad sign. No, it's a, it's definitely a good tasting beer. But the flavors are almost kind of dull. Just very subtle? Yeah. Yeah. Very. 
Yeah, well, it's not a bad doll, thing, though. Doll's kind of a bad word to use. I would say, yeah, very subtle. Yeah, doll has a, a bad connotation. Yeah. Subtle's a better thing. It's definitely not bad. Yeah. Mine's uh, tartar than I thought it would be for a, a Berliner Weiss, but not as tart as I would expect for a sour. Really? Um, so I'm, I'm happy with it. I'm not sure that I get that... Uh, well, it could just be that it's, it's a little too cold right now to get all the flavors, but I'm not sure that I'm getting all of the vanilla... Oh really? All the fruit. In fact, let me let me go in for another sip because it's just it's tart and there's kind of a lot going on. So I'm just gonna give it another try. Okay. Maybe a little vanilla, but it's more in the fruit realm. Mm. I, I am getting the fruit flavors. Yeah. Uh, I wish there was more vanilla, but maybe that'll come through as it warms up. But I'm it's solid. It probably might. I like it quite a bit. You want to do a little switch ski? Yeah, let's do a little switch ski. Switch, 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 switch. All right, let's see about how subtle this beer actually is that Jesse claims. Ooh, it smells weird. Your smells standard. Yeah. I mean, it actually, the subtlety is, is quite nice on yours, I think. Um, I do get all of the spices I would expect to find in a farmhouse, yeah. but it is dialed back. Yeah. Um, I've had some farmhouses that are like really in your face with the spices, almost to the point where it's like a little nail polishy. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. This was nice. I, I yeah. think that that's a really good one. Um, I might make it a little colder than you have it right now, just because I, I think yeah, be, I think it'd probably be a little bit better. If I it's think it'd colder. be a little bit better cold and on a hot day. That would be a perfect beer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like yours. Yep. What do you think of mine? Do, um, like, do, you, do you get the vanilla too much? Only slightly. Yeah. It's uh more of that fruit flavor. I think. I, if you're if you're expecting it to taste like a creamsicle, it it probably you won't you will not be happy. Yeah, I think that was a bad descriptor. It's more. It's, it's like a tart de- fruit. It's definitely more just like a tart fruit with a slight vanilla flavor. Yeah, I liked it, but it's, de- it's, it's not still, creamsicle. Yeah, it tastes good, but definitely not a creamsicle, though. If I was going to go for a creamsicle beer, there are two beers that pop into my mind. The first being uh, from Mantra Artisan Ales, a local brewery. They have that citrine sickle, which was a, a, a orange cream uh, pale ale, I think. Yeah. And the stone... What was that triple IP that they have? The uh, Oh, the... It was the vanilla orange... Ruin 10. Ruin 10, yeah. The vanilla orange, because that one was like a that one was imperial really creamsicle. That one was very good. Yeah. But great. Anyway. If are the flavors change, we'll let you know. Yeah. But uh, let's move on to the music. Let's do it. I think you went first the last time we had a regular scheduled episode. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go first. All right. Executive decision. All right. MGMT, <laughs> the band that everyone knows, but nobody really knows. Yeah, <laughs> is that? I think that's a descriptor, right? I'm sure really? everyone's probably heard the name. Everyone's heard, yeah, heard them, but they don't really listen to their music or know that they know any of their songs. Mm. Uh, that was the boat that I was in for a long time. Even though I knew I knew their songs, I was just like, I don't know which songs they do. Even though I know I know their songs. Yeah, that's a weird runaround way of describing that. <laughs> but anyways, this is their debut album, their debut debut full length album, oh. Oracular Spectacular. Ooh. Welcome to the Oracular Spectacular. Gather round. Come one, come all. Oracular Spectacular. That does one kind of, night only. That does kind of seem like a big the that like that's what the title. Like it should be on a show poster. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this came out in two thousand seven. I, I I thought it was like closer to two thousand nine, two thousand ten. I was wrong. Yeah, I was very wrong for some reason. Um, but uh, going back to the actual band themselves, they used to be called Management when oh, they started really? out. Uh, but apparently there was another band, and in, 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 instead of a, like facing lawsuits, they just switched it to MGMT. So I was right. You were right. Whenever I told you that uh, a little bit ago. Yeah. So there you go. That's pretty funny. Um, as far as this album goes, I'd say it's their most popular. It's their, their most 
well-performing album commercially. Yeah. Um, it's unfortunate they couldn't recreate the magic, but that doesn't mean their newer music isn't bad. It's just yeah. this album was a huge breakthrough for them. Yeah, and I actually I haven't listened to many other albums from them. Yeah, I've I've only listened to like a couple songs here and there just to kind of see where they're at, and it's it's yeah. different. They've kind of moved away from what they sounded like then. Yeah. Uh, but interestingly enough, the two really big songs, "Time to Pretend" and "Kids," which I'll touch upon those songs later. Okay, they were on a previous album. They they released oh, an EP really? called "Time to Pretend," and they had earlier versions of those two songs. Oh, interesting. And you'll see when bands will re-record certain songs because yeah. they think they'll do better now that they're more famous. Yeah. But to redo two songs is interesting. Yeah. And I guess it's good that they did because those are two really big songs from this album. Yeah. Um, they have more members now, and I don't know if they're just touring members or if they're full-time members, but during this album, it was essentially just recorded by the two members. Yeah, by the, the two, two guys. T- the two guys. And if you look yeah, at the cover, you'll yep. see them dressed up in their weird garb, their tribal garb, I should yeah. say that, because tribal comes up later in this album. Okay. Um, but I'm just going to go into the uh, the rating system. Not the rating system, but the rating <laughs> system will come. Okay. Let's dive into the album. Okay, let's do The it. very first song is called Time to Pretend, and they start off strong. Yeah. Um, this is my first recommendation, and I give this a recommendation, a rating of Spider-Man Homecoming. <laughs> okay. Um, not only because that's featured in the trailer for Spider-Man Homecoming, but because that's my favorite Spider-Man movie to date. Gotcha. So this is my favorite song on the album. Nice. Um, I also should note that I am dressed up like Spider-Man right now. <laughs> is that, is that's that the why. specific reason that's you're dressed up like Spider-Man? Reason, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, this is my favorite because the instrumental hook, like that, actually, that the music part, and then coming in with that big synth part, I would consider that a musical hook. Yeah. And then there's a... A chorus hook also later on, yeah. and the verses. I think all of it is solid the whole way through. I think yeah. every part in that song is gold. Yeah, uh, it was just such a well-written song, so so catchy. Um, I don't know. I just really like all the different synth parts that come in, almost chronologically. I don't know what you would call that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. they all have different textures and timbres. Like the yeah. they they gave each one its own sound. So when it comes in, you can pick every single part. Uh, it's panned really well in the mix, so you can mm-hmm. pick out parts on the left versus the right. It's just like a really well-polished, awesome-sounding song. Yep. Uh, lyrically, it seems about getting famous mm-hmm. and the troubles that come along with that, whether that's uh, thinking about the past and what you don't have anymore or trying to navigate through the fakeness or the disillusionment of being famous. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of just going through there and like faded to pretend, whatever, yeah. whatever that means. That can mean a bunch of different pretend. things, how you want to interpret it. But it's a, it's a pretty good song. I, it is. I cannot tell a lie. For mostly all their songs, I don't listen to them for the, the words. I yeah. really listen for for the music. Uh, okay. How would you kind of judge yourself based on that? Do you do you listen to the words when you listen to MGMT? Um. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely do. But I don't ignore them, but yeah, I mainly listen to this album and listen to the music. Yeah, I mean, the music is, I guess that's what drew me in first as well, was like the, the synths that you were mentioning and yeah, their uh, instrumentation and whatnot. But then you kind of stuck around for the lyrics. Yep. All right, fair and enough. they slapped me upside the head. Yeah. I mean, their lyrics are deeper than I thought they would be. Yeah. 
uh, sometimes a little too deep for me. <laughs> uh, but we'll touch upon that. Maybe on the next time, we'll t- the next song we'll definitely touch upon okay. that. Uh, moving on to track number two, which is called Weekend Wars. Weekend um, Wars. If this album wasn't 10 songs long, this would be an honorable mention. But because it's only 10 songs, I don't want to have almost half the album be my shining stars, you know? Yeah. Um, so this is just going to be rated as Spider-Man, the first Tobey Maguire movie. Okay. Um, it's a good one. It's a good okay. one. It's a good start. Um, but this is a big change of pace from the last yes. song. Uh, it's got like a weird, I don't know how to describe the feel of this song, but it's keyboard driven, more piano than synth. Is this the youth are starting to change that one? No, that's no, the song not. youth, which will come later. Okay. Um, but this what, has, how does a, this one go? Like it's got this keyboard part that, that is really the driving force. It's like, evil S.I.S. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it starts off. It's, avant-garde uh, yeah almost touching upon well, that I a guess little bit it's, it's just it's, it's such a big experimental sound it's just but just such a big switch from the first song that was really poppy and this one's out there yeah but that keyboard part that's like almost harpsichord sounding but not quite it's mm-hmm. just it's out there uh, but the instrumental part i really like the verses they're okay the chorus i really don't care for yeah lyrically I don't know. Um, <laughs> there's definitely some drug references and getting bored on the weekend and kind of falling in that drugs, like taking the, like, I think they talk about smashing plants or dissolving plants and painting the walls, yeah. which I think is about taking whatever kind of drug you want to do and, and do, seeing things, whatever. Uh, stroking the furry wall. Yeah. And in other words, stroking the furry wall. Uh, but it's abstract and kind of confusing if you really abstract look at the lyrics. Is a good word for it. Yeah. Uh, but moving on to track number three, which is The Youth. The youth. Um, this is my second recommendation. Oh, and I gave it a rating of Spider-Man 2. The best of all the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films. Let's be honest. Agreed. It's a great film. It's emotional. It's action-packed. Uh, Tobey Maguire is still like 35 years old as a young college <laughs> student. Uh, but that's okay. Um, I really don't care for the melody in the verse. Like, mm-hmm. I, even right now, I can't think of the melody in the verse. No. Uh, it's it's kind of a wash for me, but the hook and the chorus is great. The youth are starting to change. Are you starting to change? And it's it's just really catchy. And that's what drew me in. Um, after the first listen, I remembered it, which yep. that's yeah, yeah, usually yeah. a telling part for me. If I can remember it after one listen, then that's you're good. probably gonna like it. And I'm probably gonna probably gonna like it. Right. I could also remember it because it's bad, but not in this case. Um, there's a weird key shift later mm-hmm. on in the song. They take that chorus and they drop it down. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, it is odd. Uh, but lyrically, uh, this is much more easy to interpret than the last song. It's about the youth. Yep. Uh, kind of like going against either going against the parents the or going against the grain. Almost like a hippie-ish kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of us talk about love and life and kind of spreading that. Uh, just kind of doing whatever you want and disregard. Yeah. Yep. Be loving. Enjoy life. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a nice song. Uh, again, this is a, a very different feel from the very first song and mm-hmm. the, the song that's about to come. Okay. Uh, track number four is called Electric Feel. Not Electric this Feel. Was the, electric Feel. This was the first song that I heard from this album, and I was like, this song is dope. <laughs> this, along with uh, the first song, uh, Time to Pretend, were both singles. Mm-hmm. Uh, both pushed very hard. Um, 
I did not recommend this one, but I did give it a rating of Spider-Man the Animated Series, which is the best of all of the Spider-Man television shows. Okay. Uh, this is the one that came out. It was either late 90s or early 2000s. I can't yeah. Remember, but it's it's the best one. Um, very successful single. Obviously, you heard it beforehand, yeah. so this was it reached you. Yep. Um, very dancey. Maybe the danciest of all the songs. Very dancey, um, yeah. And not dancey like synthy, like, like Time to Pretend, but more like bass-driven, funky... Yeah. 70s 80s vibe yeah it's that bass and there is a a synth like electronic texture kind of thing going on yeah but i think it's bass driven that kind of kind of keeps it all together very catchy uh this song's about sex Mm -hmm. uh they kind of hide it but not really (laughs) Uh, it's the electric feel um they make lots of references to the amazon and electricity and the river like a river or water okay uh, about that spreading so it's it's pretty obvious about what they're touching upon Uh, but it's a very catchy song i can see why it was pushed as a single is it your favorite song on the album yeah weird time signature also couple partial uh bars you think right yeah partial bars probably let's move on to another song let's do it track number five is called kids and this is my last recommendation okay um, I gave this a rating of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, the most recent Spider-Man movie, I still and maybe my that. second favorite. Really? Super good. Behind Homecoming? Yeah. Well, this might be tied for Spider-Man 2, starring Tobey Maguire. Well, maybe a little bit above starring that. Starring Tobey Maguire. <laughs> I gotta, gotta specify. Yeah. Um, but this was, uh, again, another single that was pushed, mm-hmm. so it's big and anthemic, just like the last song in Time to Pretend. Um, and I'd say all three of those, even though they're the biggest songs, they're the outliers on the album. Yeah, they are. Um, this song is way more synthy than Electric Feel, but almost in the vein of Time to Pretend, where it's that big synth sound and it's got that a big, big synth like hook. poppy melody and. Yeah. Uh, the only songs I knew from MGMT were the three singles. Like I knew them very well going yeah. into this album. Like those those songs just make me want to dance because they're they're so, super dancey, so super mainstream, super poppy, very anthemic. Like if you hear the song, you know it. Um, you're gonna bob your head to it. Yeah. Even if you don't like it, it's infectious. Yeah. Very very well written songs. Um, this song, like they said, it's about kids. And the first verse alludes to being a kid with with no troubles and no thought of of uh, what's the word consequences Mm -hmm. that's the word i think they even say that Um, but then it kind of seems to to change a little bit in the next verses and in the chorus and it takes an environmental turn i would say Mm. uh about conservation and moderation uh and maybe that's not what they mean but that's what i got out of it yeah um the chorus is control yourself take only what you need from it a family of trees wanting to be or waiting to be haunted Mm -hmm. so it's it's what it sounds like, is the environment. Control yourself. Take, Take only what you need from it. Musically, I really like, I think it's after, I think a bridge section, where it's just kind of like that, yeah. and the drums. And the drum's doing a steady beat, but then he has a couple fills here and there. I don't want to say full drum solo, but he adds this really <laughs> nice ornamentation here and there. I'm just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then he kind of like slows out and cuts out and you think it's over. And it comes back in. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. yeah I remember that. Surprise part. ending. We're back. <laughs> they do one of those. 
Um, but it's a it's a good song. Yeah, I like that song a lot. And we've reached the half point of the album. Halfway point. And it's all downhill from here. Yeah. Uh, this is, in my opinion, in my opinion, a very front-loaded <laughs> album. And if it was up to me, I would chop this into an EP and cut the rest of the songs. <laughs> I don't want to be harsh. Uh, I, I, that's a little too harsh. Yeah, but in, that's my, too harsh. in my opinion, that is as well. Uh, Those I first five songs are really pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I could not get into the, the last five as much. Yeah. Uh, there are redeeming values in each of the songs, yeah. uh, for the most part, uh, but we'll get into that okay. starting right now with track number six, Fourth Dimensional Transition. I gave this a rating of Avengers Infinity War because it's a good movie and Spider-Man's in it, <laughs> the new Spider-Man. I have absolutely no clue what's going on lyrically. It's This is probably the most abstract it's sounding song. Fourth Dimension. Yes. Um, Can't understand it, bro. It's weird um and according to lyric genes a couple sources that that were cited he's talking about some plato theory of form and and something else and it's just really it was above my head like if i sat there and spent a week researching this song by itself and looking up everything i'm sure i could figure it out a little bit better yeah uh but it's out there Um, musically i think it's much more interesting than it is lyrically Hmm. because interesting it almost sounds Eastern, like maybe okay, Indian, yeah, yeah, perhaps, yeah. with that drummy, mm-hmm. and the melody sounds a little Eastern. Uh, it's just really cool musically, so that I can ignore the lyrics <laughs> and still be interested. Um, That's too funny. Other than that, though, I don't have too much to say about it. Okay. Uh, moving on to track number seven, the song's called "Pieces of What," and I gave this a rating Pieces of, of "What Captain America: Civil War." Another great film that also... It was, this was actually the first movie to star the new Spider-Man, Tom Holland. And it's the first Marvel Cinematic Universe movie to have Spider-Man. Thank goodness that Sony could agree with Marvel. It's it's a great. Without that, there would be no Spider-Man Homecoming. We would be lost. It would just be terrible. It would be terrible. Um, this song might be the biggest outlier on the album. Mm-hmm. It's more acoustic-driven. Uh, so it really stands out. Yeah. Uh, every other song is either more rock and rolly or more electronic sounding. Not this one. Hmm. Um, this song is what I believe is about war uh, and the the destruction and what's left in its wake. Okay. Uh, they, they talk about looking through holes in the ceiling and like all these kind of things that are left over after the destruction. Um, but other than that, I don't have too much to say about it. Pieces of what? Because he's picking up pieces and there's pieces of stuff that are not usable anymore. Okay. Pieces of what? What? (laughs) Pieces of what? Uh, Anyways, moving on to another weird song. Track number eight is called Of Moons, Birds, and Monsters. Oh. I gave this a rating of Amazing Spider-Man. That's the movie with with, uh, Andrew Andrew Garfield. Garfield. He was a great Spider-Man. Terrible terrible Peter Peter Parker. Parker, Terrible casting choice. Whoever did that. He was way too good looking. And he was just too hip and cool. He skateboarded around his school. Yeah. Come on. That's not Peter Parker. Peter Parker doesn't skateboard to the tune of Coldplay? <laughs> Jeez. Is that, wait, what song did they use from Coldplay in that movie? I can't remember what the song was called, but it's definitely a Coldplay <laughs> song that he's skateboarding around some like construction site. Do you know? Do you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's a weird Coldplay song. It sounds more like they're, it's like they're Mumford and Sonsy sounding Coldplay oh, really? song. Uh, but Strange. that's aside the point. Um, this song is, is another departure from their sound, at least from the A side. There this are, one's more there like so many departures. This is more like a 50s and 60s sounding rock and roll song. And mm-hmm. I don't mean like Beatles, like 
12 bar blues rock and roll, but just like the vibe almost mm. like okay. the guitar tones. It's not electric driven. Um, it's definitely like, like an, orga- I don't know how to, like a raw organic band. What, yeah. what would you call it? Natural. It's more natural, less electronic. Right. Less electronic. Yep. Um, no clue what it's about. Uh, again, <laughs> this is another abstract song that goes over my head and I didn't care to really figure kind it out. Try to dig into it. I dug into it and it just really, it, it eluded me like dig dug. Um, moving on to track number nine like, this song is called The Handshake this song I could figure out much okay. more easy to figure out I gave this a rating of Amazing Spider-Man 2 because that movie's a bummer it, terrible really hated that movie I didn't even buy it <laughs> yeah that's saying something too I buy all the Spider-Man movies but not that one um, this song is about signing to a major record label because yeah. that's what they did for this uh, and making a deal with The Handshake oh whoa Ooh. on the nose um, this has a similar rock and roll vibe from the last song, but it's a little bit more toned down, I'd say. Um, I don't care for it musically. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do anything for me, but I like that they're singing about signing a record label, uh, a deal, and like having that a bit of excitement, but a bit of guilt and regret. Yeah. And like kind of going forward anyways and having yeah. that handshake. Uh, so I like that they're talking about that, but I don't really care for it musically. Mm. Moving on to the last song, this is called... Future Reflections, track number 10. Mm. I gave us a rating of Spider-Man 3. Ooh, Tobey Maguire. Still better than Amazing Spider-Man 2, though. <laughs> there are good who elements was in the, this one. Who was the villain in Amazing Spider-Man 2? I don't even remember. There were two one. villains. I don't even remember seeing them. Technically three. But one of them wasn't... Two of them were anti-heroes, per se. Uh, one was the Sandman, who ends up helping him in the end. Uh, another one was Harry Osborn as the Green Goblin. And the third is Venom. Topher Grace, the Venom. Wait. That was with Andrew Garfield? No, this is Toby Maguire. That's Spider-Man 3, right? Spider-Man 3, Toby Maguire. Yeah, I was asking about Spider-Man 2 Home... uh, Oh, okay. Spider-Man... That uh, is Jamie Foxx playing Electro. Oh, I don't even think I saw that movie. Don't, because it's horrible. (laughs) Really? Uh, His character was like a... It was just... If you imagine how animated cartoon villains are, times that by two and that's him. Really? It was just, like, his acting was so bad. Oh, I like Jamie Foxx, too. Yeah. yeah. It was just... He's a good actor. I didn't like I him I guess he just didn't, wasn't a good villain. Yeah. Watch it sometime just so you can let me know what you okay. think. I wonder if it's on Netflix. It's not. I, I could probably find it for, like, five bucks somewhere. I'll buy yeah. it and I'll let you watch it. Okay. Uh, but this song... <laughs> this uh, song is Back to track movie. number 10. No, this is Spider-Man, Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man 3, yeah, okay. Better than Amazing Spider-Man 2. Okay. Um, this song has a lot of tribal references, uh, like... The cover art. Remember I talked about that? Mm -hmm. And I didn't really touch upon any tribal references in other songs, even though they are there. Um, This is a song where they really touch upon it. Um, But I think they're using that as a a reference or an allegory to to their musical career and fame and kind of their life Mm -hmm. where they're at. They're not actually in a tribe, obviously, unless they're a tribe of uh, MGMT. Uh, MGMT That's beside the point. Management um, tribe. Not my favorite musically, but it's not bad. Yeah. Um, all in all, uh, it took me a long time to get into this album other than the three big songs. Yeah. I think those are the best songs. Um, I really think that this album is front-loaded, but it almost seems like they did that on purpose, where the first half was the more electronic, anthemy, cool songs, and the B-side was the other weird-sounding songs. Yeah. The rock and roll or the acoustic or the Indian, yeah. the, just the other stuff. Yeah, I suppose that probably is the best decision because they probably knew, like, those three songs were going to be what people liked or, like, were the best. Yeah. 
And so they probably consciously chose to put them on the A side. Odd, though. Rather than the um, B side. But this, uh, they did something right because this is their, their best album. It sold over half a million copies in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it did very well. Yeah. Very well. Very, very well. Yeah, whenever I recommended that album to you, I was, I was like, it's worth recommending, even though it's front-loaded and I'm not a huge fan of the other stuff. Yeah, I like the singles, but I might not come back to it other than those yeah. three songs. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right, though. Definitely worth listening to. Just the same as um, Career Suicide from A Wilhelm Scream. But this album is so different. Yes, this album is quite different. Uh, there's essentially no variety in the album. It is just fast punk. Yes. Basically. Uh, a Wilhelm Scream, I think I told you this, but they were coming off an album called Ruiner, and it was a really good album. Post, I don't know what you would call it, post-hardcore punk yeah. Something or other. There was a lot of variety on that album as far as their sound. And they decided consciously to make an album that was all fast punk songs. Yeah. And that's what turned into Career Suicide. Yeah. The uh, uh, Trevor Riley, one of the, the guitar players, guitarist right? and vocalist, he said that they wanted the whole album to be like relentless, like all the way through, like no breaks and in that's, the album. And that's what it is. Literally what it is. It's yeah. abrasive. Uh, this album was also released in 2007. Must have been a good year as, for music. Yeah, same as Oracular Spectacular. And Oracular Spectacular, the year it was. <laughs> oh! Uh, yeah, so this is their third studio album from A Wilhelm Scream. Um, and it's the first time with bassist Brian Robinson. Yes. This is the, and uh, the singer Trevor again, he said that... Guitar player. Yeah, guitar, guitar player and singer. Backup singer. Oh, backup singer, okay. Yeah, they've, they've, they've got a dedicated singer-singer. Okay, gotcha. Called Nuno? Nuno. Nuno, I think that's his name. Yeah. But anyway, uh, it said on Wikipedia that Trevor described the addition of Robinson to their band uh, like Travis Barker's addition to Blink-182. Yes. Where it was like, that like added so much to their sound. I mean... He's the bassist, yeah. And he... If you listen he to... He kills it on this album. A Wilhelm Scream, they're the most technical punk band I've ever... One of the most technical punk bands I've ever yeah. listened to. They they don't really do too much in the way of time signature things, but they, they throw in some weird things here and there. Yeah. The guitar playing is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the drumming is insane. He's a good singer, and obviously whatnot. Yeah. Uh, but the bass player is the star. He's crazy good. He's crazy. Every single song, he's just ripping it up. And especially a few in particular that I'm sure you'll touch upon. Yeah. Um, so, listening to this album, it was kind of difficult to listen to it because of the fact that they all sounded the same. And it, They um, all do sound the same. And how many yeah. songs is it? Like 14? 13, and it probably clocks in at what? 35 minutes. 35 minutes, like so it's... Yeah. So I mean, it's like a lot... That's a lot to take in, but that's that doesn't mean that I don't like it though. It's just you know, it's abrasive. It's fast, and a lot of the songs kind of blend together. If yeah. You, if you don't really spend a lot of time with it. Yeah. So that being said, I actually just recommended two songs. Mm. Um, the ones that are the most different. Okay. The biggest uh, um outliers on the album on the album are the ones that I'm recommending. Um. So the first track is called uh, "I Wipe My Ass with Showbiz." <laughs> Showbiz spelled with a Z. Showbiz spelled with a Z, yeah. Um, uh, that song's one of the, hilarious. One, <laughs> it is pretty funny. 
Um, one of the lines is, says, Dear Mother, I sold my soul for management. Yeah. <laughs> um, and apparently like, some guy is like, lying in a bathtub writing his wor- those words on the wall or something like that. Yeah, a letter to his mom. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of the lyrics that they use in this album are all kind of crass. They're crass. Uh, they are abrasive. I mean, what's the word? I'm, what's the f- phrase I'm looking for? They're like, they uh, confrontational. They're very, yeah, angsty. Yeah, angsty. And and like, um, it was hard for me to derive meaning in a lot of the songs because it Angry was so like jumbled. Like yeah. all like the like like a lot of the themes of the songs were very vague. I don't know if I would call them like cliches, but they use a lot of. Uh, I don't know what you would call it. It's they do have a weird word choices and phrase choices, I guess. Yeah, like I think in one of the songs he talks about razor blades spitting out of his eyes or something like that. Yeah, he uses weird. Yeah, and I'm like, what? Are, what does that mean? <laughs> but anyway, that song is pretty good. Uh, it also is basically like dissing the music industry. The music industry, yeah. Uh, the people who are out there just for money. Yeah, or just putting for money. big signs on the stage and stuff. Yeah, that's actually it seems like that there are like a couple regular themes in this album. That and I guess at the time in the kind of like scene they were in, uh-huh. a lot of the other artists were like uh in one of their songs they describe them as kabuki kabuki jocks. In one of their songs, so like people are like more concerned with their appearance. Than with like the substance of the music. Um, so there's that theme of like not trying to like trying to find the value in the music rather than like your image and whatnot. And then the theme of uh hating the music industry. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. And also a little bit about uh religion thrown in in there. A little bit here and there. Just for good measure. For good measure. For it's a, a punk band. You know, a punk yeah. band, yeah. Gotta throw that in there. <laughs> um anyway, track number two is called Five to Nine. This is one of the more technical songs, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Lots of weird hits and stops. Mm-hmm. It's a... Uh, oh, is this that one song? Yeah. That was a horrible rendition of it, but... <laughs> no, you got the basic, you got the basic of it. That's yeah. the intro, the beat. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's super technical, and whenever I was, I'm listening to this, I'm always like... I don't think I could ever play that. <laughs> I could n- I could never play this on any of the instruments played there. It's yeah. just insane. Yeah, it's so crazy. And that that is kind of the general feel of the whole album. It's like yeah. fast, heavy, They're and technical. so good. Did you yeah. know Nick from the Swellers played, was a Tory member yeah. as their band as a bass player? Yeah. Crazy. They, uh, that was before this album, though, obviously. Yeah, they, uh, no, that was, well, yeah, on this album, uh, for like the release of it, they toured with the Swellers. But it was before he that, was play, that he, play, he, he, he played, played with them, them on the previous album cycle, oh. I think, when they were looking for a bass player. That was pretty cool. Yeah. I, so didn't, I did not know about he's that. He's got really good chops as a guitar player, so it doesn't make, doesn't make me think that he couldn't play bass for them. Yeah. yeah at least yeah. before this album. For sure. Yeah. Um, and this song, Five to Nine, I'm fairly certain that it's a statement about the emo scene or the, the hardcore punk scene of, in 2007. Probably. This is the one where they're talking about uh, how people are more concerned with their images than like the music. Yeah. And that's the opposite of nine to five, so they're trying to be a yeah, little... Yeah, five to nine. Funny there, because it's the opposite of a regular job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's like they were, more, they were treating it like a job and not like... Yeah. Not like it actually mattered, you know? 
Um, now we get to the third track, which is my first recommendation. Oh. So you know it's a little bit different. And it's called The Horse. It's one of their best songs in general. In my the opinion. song is so crazy. It is crazy. Um, this is one of those songs that I can kind of get the meaning. Like it's, it's uh, basically there. It's like a metaphor for life. The whole um, song on the horse. Yeah, the horse. So basically, he like sets up this situation where this horse, which is a racing horse, is just like sitting in a pen. And only sleeps but half the time. Mm -hmm. And how essentially the person who owns the horse changes and they use him to like win races, obviously. Um, And he eventually the horse accepts that and is just like, I'm going to race until I die. And so I think he's trying to draw the line or like we're we're supposed to be that horse. Yeah. Essentially is what what he's saying, how uh, we live. And at the end, he talks about he like lists off all these uh, all these like drugs that are used on horses, mm-hmm. um, either to like euthanize them or like steroids and other crazy drugs that I've never heard of. And then he also mentions mentions some like uh, I think he mentions like what's the word the drugs that like make you make humans high. There's like a word for it. Amphetamines. Yeah. Yep. He talks about that too, and that he draws. So he draws like a similar line to how people like do that, and like until they die mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, so it's like a, it's a really they're they're murky waters that to try to get through with their lyrics. Yes, I think they're like they're not very clear. Um, at least as far as a punk band goes. Well, they're definitely trying to send a message. Yeah, it's not just. It's not just random. It's not shallow. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not shallow, yeah. But this song, musically... Mm. Musically, the song rips. Yes, it does. It's so crazy. Why? <laughs> because of the technicality of what they do. Is the there any, any good shining moments <laughs> to allude to? <laughs> I mean, the bass. Why? What do you mean, the bass? <laughs> <laughs> what, does he do anything in this song that's cool or something? <laughs> Yeah, he plays the bass. How? I can't remember so. exactly how it goes. But um, what part are you thinking of? I'm thinking of the part where he taps on the bass. Oh, right. The best part of this whole song. <laughs> it's right in the, after the intro part. Yeah. The music cuts out other than there's a singer, Nuno or whatever his name is, and Trevor is harmonizing, yeah. and it's just the ba- bass guitar tapping. And if you watch it live, which I did, I had the fortunate experience of watching it once they did this the bass player is tapping on the bass and oh, singing back tapping there he's tapping and oh my gosh it's insane the, the guy's a machine i uh, i didn't know that, that he was tapping there I just, I just assumed it was like i mean that would be insane if it was by itself because he yeah. doesn't use a pick he he, he does all finger but yeah. he's tapping on the bass it's just insane on this song yeah the guy is a beast He's a horse. <laughs> He's a horse. No. Uh, but the reason <laughs> the reason I recommend it is not only because of that, but, it but does... since they since they had that, it's like it's not all just heavy the whole song. Yeah, it's but... still fast, but it's not all heavy. Like they're that, a good like, diversity. Yeah. That part slows it down, and you get those harmonies. Those voices blend together really well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like you can almost hardly tell that that there are more than that there's more than one person singing. Yeah. 
it just sounds really nice and yep. it just blends so well. But anyway, that song is dope. I'm really curious to find out which the other song is that you recommended. Oh, I guess yeah. I don't really know if if you'll know. I, I don't know. There's only one other thing that song that sounds different to me, and it's the song about a ghost. Thinking of the ghost of yeah. I didn't uh, recommend that one. Okay, so I'm not sure then. <laughs> unless it's <coughs> unless it's the Jaws song. <laughs> Maybe that song's pretty funny though. Yeah. Um. Track number four is called "Die While You're Young." Let's die while you're young. Yeah, it uh, it <laughs> that's essent- uh, From what I can tell, that's essentially what the song is about. I mean, there's an old punk song called "Live Fast, Die Young." Yeah, has much changed since then in in punk. Not really. No, it's it's a very common theme. Yeah, YOLO. Yep. Uh, the last line he says, "Let's die while we're young," um, but now we're too old for that. Too old to die while we're young. Too old to die while you're young. We missed our opportunity to to live and crash. That's actually a a funny aspect to say. What? What? We're too old to To die die while we're young. Yeah. Yeah. We missed our opportunity to fizzle out and go boom while we're young. Yeah. Yeah. Um, On to track number five. (laughs) I love the title of this song. Jaws 3, People 0. Another great exemplary bass song. Yes. Fantastic Mm -hmm. bass parts in this song weird lyrically song yeah i think it's like about a captain this this is what i'm this is what i'm talking about with uh how like their songs are kind of difficult to understand yeah. he, he's singing about a captain yeah but it, i don't know if it literally means that i don't or think it's, it's a literal else. captain i i I'm, is he trying to like allude to a like, specific the, person like the or president or like, yeah, it could be because they're, they're fairly political without being yeah. on the nose at all yeah so this whole story in this song is like the captain, like the crew, like knows the captain is leading them in the wrong direction, essentially. Yeah. They're and, trying to get the F out of there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It starts off with, with him just like, let's get the F, 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 F out of here. Yeah. But there's this one part where it just cuts out and the bass goes, and then and then the guitar comes in playing that and the bass harmonizes with it. Hearing the guitar doing that shredding while the bass harmonizes with the shredding is just insane to hear that. Those two tones shouldn't be harmonizing together, but they do. Yeah, it's so cool. It's awesome. They do! (laughs) Whenever you went to the show, what was it, last year? Uh, Like last October. And you're like, do you want to go? And I was like, nah, I regret it. I I told you. That's too bad. At the end of the show, I was like, Jesse missed out. This show was so good. Yeah, it would have been sweet. Yeah. Maybe they'll come back. Hopefully. They are they are really worth seeing live. They're so tight. Yeah. I mean, I would assume so. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that song is is good. I mean, like, <laughs> all, I gave, like, all the songs four to five, yeah. pretty much. I, I don't think I dislike anything on this album. Yeah, same here. It's, like Trevor said, the guitar player, it's abrasive the whole way through, and you can listen to it and just not even realize that it's over. You're like, wow, that was a fast ride. Yeah. Yeah, except for the last. It's almost song. like if a roller coaster was just all downhill, <laughs> just like just a, ah! and it never ended. Well, and, and it lasted for thirty-five minutes. But anyway, on to track number six. It's called "Career Suicide." Title track. Title track. Yep, starts off kind of soft, uh, just with like, uh, like kind of clean guitar picking, and then gets really heavy and fast. What, no else, what else did you expect? Um, and I think this is like a song about how people sell out or Probably something not. like that. Probably no surprise there. I'm not really sure. 
like I said, a lot of the lyrics, they don't always um, send a clear message. Yeah, I don't think they do. Like I think they all tie they all tie in together, but they're not like. It's not like he's telling you a story. He's Even like, if it's not an abstract lyric, it's hard to put it together. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we we touched upon that with um, what was that one guitar player that you had me review his album that. Uh, um, oh, Richard Buckner. Yeah, Richard Buckner was like that by using common words that aren't abstract sounding, and you look at all of them like I understand this one sentence, I understand the next sentence, but I have no idea what he's saying. Yeah, I have no idea how they all fit together. Yes, yeah, kind of like, like that. Really vague, and it's almost like a mosaic that's missing. Yeah, so it, things. It, it clearly it's put together for a reason. It's just we don't. It, it's hard to interpret. Yeah, so like the best way to know what these songs are about is if whoever wrote them just told you. Yeah, that would be the easiest way. We could ask him one day, maybe. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. we'll meet him one day. Anyway, uh, track number seven is called These Dead Streets. Um, I think the song is about them trying to resurrect these dead streets. Um, as to what these dead streets are, I do not know. Maybe they're hometown, maybe. Maybe hometown. They're from Massachusetts. Yeah. Outside, somewhere outside or maybe of Boston, it's just in. Maybe it's just generally the idea of trying to resurrect... Places that are run down yeah. or people Could be. that are run down or something like that. But that song is good, fast, catchy, nice. All of the above. All of the above. And that applies to all the all songs. All the above. All the above. Oh, all the above. Uh, uh, uh. The pain. Is that? Oh, that those actually are the lyrics, right? Yeah, for all the above. Yeah. Are you thinking for about some, that for one? For some reason, I thought you were paired, like, taking the melody from one song. All the above, oh, all the above, oh, all the above. Uh, there was that singing group that parodied it to Call yeah. Me a Duck. Call Me a Duck, oh, oh. call the... It's goofy. Call Me a Duck, oh. Call Me a Duck, That's not a bad duck impression. I ain't no duck. Hey, let's get the duck, 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 duck out of here. <laughs> duck Dynasty. <laughs> oh, this is ridiculous. Let's oh, move man. back on to Wilhelm's Scream. Anyway, um, the next track, which is track number eight, is Get Mad, You SOB. Get, I took a piss in every ocean, so yeah. F the world. Yeah. Um, and I believe this is the song about not being complacent and like getting mad and doing something mad about the life. situation or the man or whatever yeah, like mad about the situation that you're in so you want to change it yeah pretty much uh it's a good song it's like it fast and it's awesome yeah yeah on the track number nine which is called our ghosts and in parentheses contemporary slash consensual i think this is a this one for me is a little bit of a departure from that fast sec it's hard to say that it is because there's really fast parts in this song. Yeah. But that first chorus, they kind of strip it back and it, it feels a little slower. It almost feels like it glides real nice. Yeah. And so it's got a different vibe, but then it gets back into being fast again. Yeah. And I was I was thinking about recommending this one, but then I chose a different one. You could have done three. There's a lot of songs on here, but your choice. I could have. Your review, man. You got the power. Um, one of the lyrics from it is, I'm working out contingents with your ghost, sorting through specifics with your ghost, explaining my position with your ghost. I'm seeing double vision with your ghost. So I don't know what the ghost is, is in reference to. 
It's hard to it's hard and to that tell. song. Uh, maybe a past relationship could be, or a family member who passed away, or someone who passed away. Also could be. Yeah. Um, even though the, like I said before, even the lyrics are kind of straightforward, they're kind of difficult to piece together. Um, but yeah, that song's good. I like it. On to track number 10. Cold Slither 2. Cold Slither 2. I don't know why they say 2. And this is where that, that, um, spice kind of comes in, where they, they talk about religion <laughs> a little <laughs> bit. But I think there are only like, there are only two songs that they, that they kind of talk about religion and it's this one and track number 12. But that's pretty much what it is. Is a knock against religion? Yeah, it is. Um, pretty standard. At least I'm pretty sure that's what it's about. He mentions a cobra and then, I don't know. <laughs> like, it's, it's just so weird. Like a though. slither. Whoa, yeah, a slither, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. Co- whoa. They're actually saying cobra. Oh, do they really? Yeah. That they're cobra. Saying. Is that yeah. what they do? Yeah. I always thought it was whoa. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> you're nothing but a, yeah, so he's saying you're nothing but a dead weight. So dead think, weight. So I think he's saying like religion is a dead weight. I wouldn't be surprised. On, on society as a whole or something like that. Typical we're punk. Just, yeah. You know, we're just carrying it. And oh, we shouldn't be carrying oh, it anymore. Oh. But it's good. Um, track number 11 is Pardon Me. Thanks, thanks, a, thanks lot. a lot. Pardon me. Be well, thanks, thanks a lot. lot. Another, another really fast one. Yeah. And this song is against greedy rich people. Yeah. Like hating on them. Which I get. But there's, there's one song that was a, a real specific. What's the name of the next song? Check request denied. I can't remember if it was this song or the next song, but one was specifically written for, I think Mitt Romney, mm. from Massachusetts, the governor. Was he uh, really? Was he the governor of Massachusetts? I, I believe he was, and no, I no. think it was written in response to him doing something specific. Interesting. Okay, I never came. Across it might have been the next one. The episodes. It might have been the next one. Why don't you uh, start talking about the song, and I'll look it up while we're okay. while we're here. Um, so, check request denied is again a knock against religion. Uh, All right, I think I found it. Okay. Pardon me, thanks a lot. Okay, so um, it was that one. So this is an interview from Alt Press. Um, and the interviewer says, and this is all going to be direct quotes. Interviewer says, going back to your lyrics, I'm really curious about Pardon Me, Thanks a Lot. I think it has some pretty direct lyrics, and I'm wondering who specifically it's about. Um, so here's what Trevor Riley said. This is uh, the guitar player, Trevor mm-hmm. Riley. Yeah. It's about Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney has had a thing against our city. Uh, we're from this city called New Bedford, which is Massachusetts. Um, I'm sure everybody who knows... He's the governor of Massachusetts, and he effed over our city pretty bad. He didn't get any support from where we live because we're a very democratic city. And the people of our city never showed him any love because, you know, the people of our city are like, you know, effing salt of the earth type people, like blue collar, something that dude doesn't understand. So, you know, Uh, now he's running for president and it's all a big joke. So I felt like writing it. uh, So and Mitt Romney's a Mormon? Yes. So maybe that has something to do with it too. Maybe the religious part, but it's it's specifically about him. Okay. Interesting. Weird. I didn't come across that whenever I was uh, researching these songs. But since that was track number twelve, and there are only thirteen songs in the album, Steve, track number thirteen must be the one that I recommend. It is. It. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's called "We Built This City 
exclamation point in parentheses on debts and booze. Arise, eat, work, sleep, awake, arise. Yeah. How did you like that part when it's just the the kick drum and the bass? So good. That song's a ripper. Oh, the whole <laughs> the whole album's a ripper. <laughs> yeah, I know you, you can't say this song's a ripper <laughs> because it never lets up. And the reason that this one's different from the other ones is that it's like five and a half minutes long. It is. This is the <laughs> longest song. In the first, um, the track number two and three are also long, five to nine in the horse. They're probably like four to five minutes, but yeah. this one's longer than this both one's of the those. longest. Yeah. yeah. Um, interesting fact: they recorded their longest song, this one, on this album, and their shortest song, the first song on this album. Oh, interesting. As a band. But anyway, uh, this song is about that line that Steve was just saying. Awake, arise, eat, work, sleep, awake, arise, eat, work, sleep, awake, arise. Mindless drones, pretty much. Just over and over again, yeah. You're in a routine and you're just doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it. I guess their way of like kind of how meaningless life kind of can be. Um, But that we need to fight through that meaningless and find... Mm -hmm purpose essentially after that that kick drum and bass that guitar solo is so good there's a a very long instrumental kind of like bridge in this song and it's just so good (laughs) it is really good yeah uh but anyway yeah just kind of i guess to sum it up i really like that album um i'm not sure if i'll be like listening to it super often um and it wasn't like my favorite uh, recommended recommendation from you, mm-hmm. but it was still pretty good though. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, uh, looking towards the future, uh, next week will be another one-off episode. Another one-off, uh, which we don't know what it's going to be yet. Not yet. Do you have a recommendation for the following? I do. What is it? Do you have one? I do. <laughs> okay. My uh, my recommendation for the next uh, full-length episode that we do. Is gonna be the album "Trouble Will Find Me" by the National. The National. I think you've told me about them, right? Yeah. Curious. The National. Well, I'm gonna go with a band, yes. and that's a little bit more on the emo side. Okay. Um, it's a band called Taking Back Sunday. Taking Back What Day? Sunday. I'm sure you've heard of them. Yep, I have. Um, and it's not my favorite album by them, but it might be their most popular. It's called Louder Now. Okay. Um, I'm really not sure what you're going to think about this. What? Louder now, please. I'm really not sure what you're going <laughs> to think about this. Okay. Because uh, you're not I'm not too heavy into the emo stuff. Yeah, the I mean... era of music. Controversies aside, you at least like the brand new, like their... What do you think about their earlier sound? Controversies aside, I like their earlier sound. Okay, so you might like this because they were kind of neck and neck coming well, up oh were they really yes okay interesting and there's even controversy between the two bands of like really? someone dated someone's girl like it was weird like personal stuff between the band okay. like beefs beefs Wait, is back, it beefs when... or is it beefs <laughs> beefs or is it, think, is it isn't it beefs i don't know beefs let me ask google real quick what is the plural of beef <laughs> say google what's the plural? is it beefs or beefs it's <laughs> <laughs> a bad Plural of beef is actually beeves. I knew it! Thanks, Google. Oh, I mean, 
Thanks, Google. I knew it wasn't beefs. I'm happy to help. You're such a helpful lady. I don't think it's beefs. Let's, let's see if Siri gives me the same answer. Okay. I'll ask. Should I say? say no. Say exactly what I said. I said, "Is it beef? Is it beef or beefs?" Right. <laughs> Hold on. Hey Siri, is it beef or beeves? Is what I found on the web for is it beef or beavers? Beavers. <laughs> oh wait, she's in Australia. So let me ask it in an Australian accent. Hey Siri, is it beef or beefs? Is what I found on the web ah. for is it beef? Yeah. Hey, she said beeves that time, not beavis. Well, yeah, she she got she at least spelled it correctly, but uh, what did she bring up? She brought up an, uh, a website culinarylore.com, and it's it's saying is the plural of beef really beeves? Uh, oh. And the answer is yes. She got it too, but she didn't give the best answer. Yours was better. They've got so those two band have many beeves. Beeves, yeah, they beeved it out. <laughs> they beeved it out. <laughs> Quit beeving me, bro. <laughs> There are too oh, many beeves up here. Way too many beeves in this world. Yeah, too many puppies. Anyways, um, <laughs> before we sign off, should we uh, clink our glass and uh, finish it off? Yeah, let's uh-huh. do that. Any other notes about your beer? Um, say the same. Uh, the vanilla came it's through th- a little bit more. Okay, that's um, nice. Not as prominently as I wanted it to. Yeah. Uh, but the sourness kind of mellowed out a little bit too. It turned out to be really solid. Nice. I would get this again. Nice. Would you have that again? Yeah, I bought a six-pack, so... So you have to, but... No, I'm gonna have it again. Yeah. Alright, well, as we always say in American Brews and Tunes... She Down the hatch! Delicious. <sighs> Once again, my name is Stephen Johnston. And my name is Jesse Titus. And this is American Brews and Tunes. Thanks for listening. Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song... It's a good song, just as it should song, American Brews and Tunes. Shibbity-beebity-da!